Welcome to A Love Like This. I'm Abby, I'm Paige, and we're so glad that you're here. We all face problems, both big and small, but having faith shines a whole new light on finding the right solutions. As we sit down each week with some incredible guests, our hope is that you would be encouraged to take heart in the troubles of the world and to put faith over everything. Hey everyone, today we are joined with our incredible friend Elise Albritton. Elise is an elementary school teacher in Louisiana and uses her classroom as her missions field. She absolutely loves sharing Jesus with her community. In a world where it can be so easy to become somebody that we aren't, Elise reminded us of the ways that she stays true to herself despite of the constant pressures the culture throws on her. Overall, Elise has become such a dear and near friend who is full of joy and full of light and we know for sure that you are going to be encouraged to go and find your purpose with God. We spoke about the importance of inspiring the next generation, how your passion stems from your purpose and how to find that purpose and where to begin. You guys are going to love this one, trust me. Enjoy! Well, Elise, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I feel like we already have sort of like this friendship going on via a screen, considering we cannot see each other at all. Um, So you're based in Louisiana, and we would love for you just to tell listeners a little bit about you, how your faith journey began, and how you came to know Jesus. Awesome. Um, Yes, so I'm Elise. It's so cool how we met through um, social media and just became friends. Um, But I am 25 years old, and I live in Louisiana in the United States. Um, and just my faith journey, I guess I've been really fortunate to grow up in a Christian home, a Christian household. Um, my parents raised me, you know, in the word every single night, they were super encouraging, uplifting. We, you know, sang worship songs, little kid worship songs my whole life. So, um, I was fortunate enough to, um, be baptized and get saved at seven years old, which is super young. I do truly believe that I understood who the Lord was at that time, but Definitely my faith journey, like that's just where it began. And it's just continually, um, it's still continuing to this day. And I feel like it will until the day I die, you know, I'll never be there and I'll never have it all together. But definitely through different walks of life, um, that's where my faith grew. You know, it began when I accepted Jesus, but it's just grown ever since. Um, Different circumstances have just revealed God's character and how good he is. um, So I feel like for the rest of my life, it'll be this faith journey, but it's just, you know, I was fortunate enough to have it begin so young and um, I just, you know, can't wait to see where it continues to go. That's so true. Our mentor, like mentor slash teacher for biblical studies in high school said this to us. She was like, your testimony doesn't end the day you accept Jesus. Like it keeps on going for like the rest of your life, hopefully. Um, Yes, for sure. Yeah. At least we get to see your husband, Luke, like through Instagram. You guys are a really cute couple. And we want to know, like, how did you guys meet? Yes. So it's really a funny story. Um, so we met through mutual friends. Um, we knew of each other, but we didn't know each other. Um, but it's funny because I knew of him and I always would pray. I was like, God, I just want a man that loves the Lord. Like I see this guy named Luke and he just loves the Lord. I could just <laughs> tell, I don't know him, but this is the kind of guy I wish I could have God. Um, and funny enough, Luke also had seen me and he had actually told his sisters um, years before he met me, he said, I'm going to marry that girl one day. Like he saw me and he was also oh, thinking, yeah. like, man, yeah. that's kind of what I wish. Um, but God is just so cool and so good. And he mm. allowed us to come together through mutual friends, through someone giving him my phone number. And um, immediately someone he texted me, obviously I just flipped out. I was like, yeah. this is Luke Albright. And I was like, yes, I know. And I cannot believe this is happening. 
Um, and so anyways, we, we met, um, in our first date, I mean, we just knew, I feel like we really, and that always doesn't happen. Um, but for us, I just think it's so cool that God allowed us to meet and we truly knew like, this is it because our first date was, we talked about Jesus the whole time. We talked about our lives. We talked about real stuff and we talked about like who Jesus was in our life. And I'd never had that before. So that was the moment I was like, this is what I've been looking for. I've heard this exists, but I didn't know that it really could exist for me. And then, mm, you know, here I we are. I love that. Oh, I love it so much. I think it was, oh man, one of your birthday posts or something. You were singing in a gig and he was like ridiculously dancing and he was the yes. only one on the dance floor. I'm like, man, this couple, like they're hilarious. They seem like they have so much fun together. So I love that story. And also you're a school teacher. And this is another thing that I feel like I can relate to you on because my mom's a school teacher. We're soon to be studying to be teachers. And so what made you want to become a teacher? Like, how did that come to be? Was it something that you went to college to study and you're just like, yes, like, this is what I want. Like, how did that, like, I guess, how did like God put that passion like on your heart and like, how did you, you know, get started with it all? Yeah. Um, so whenever I was little girl, I always played teacher. Um, <laughs> Same. I always, yes. Like I had the chalkboard, I had everything. And yeah. I was like, I want to be a teacher. And my mom was a teacher. Um, but you know, as life went on, I kind of talked myself out of it. I was like, well, you may not want to do that. There's other options. Um, and so I got to college and I started off in pre-OT for occupational therapy. Um, but my heart just kept tugging. I was like, no, I don't think this is for me. So I switched back to, um, to major in secondary English education to teach sixth through 12th grade. Um, and I was confident in that until things started not going exactly smoothly. Um, and I wasn't able to pass the big test because of, I had test anxiety and all these things that the enemy used to try to pull me away from it. Um, but in the end, I realized this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. I have a heart for people. Um, I have a love for these kids, you know, middle school, especially, I don't know, I guess y'all call it junior high, middle school. Oh, it's, so we have like primary school and then high school. So yeah, okay, primary, primary school. school. Yeah. Um, I just thought back, I was like, that was a really hard time in my life because you're trying to figure out who you are as a person. Um, and so when I realized how big and crucial that time was in my life and how much I could have benefited from having someone on my side or someone, you know, being there for me, I realized, you know what, this is where I'm supposed to be and I'm going to get there however it takes. Um, but this is where God has called me to be. And he's called me to, you know, make a difference in these kids' lives to have someone that maybe I didn't have that I could have benefited from. So it just, the opportunity kept you know, stirring in my heart. And then finally I gave into it. And I'm so thankful that I did. That's so good. I read a quote this morning and it was talking about, I think it was the honey scoop. I don't know if you follow her on Instagram. Um, she posted like all these um, sort of captions and it was like, how to, you know, pray about your God-sized dreams. And it was saying how, you know, your dream, if, uh, what was it? It was something like it, uh, I don't want to butcher it, but it was saying how, if it's not big enough that you need God to help you achieve it, then it's not a, like a, a dream from him pretty much. And, um, and me and Paige were always talking about it too. Cause you know, we would play teachers as kids as well. Like we'd have the whiteboard and we'd have reading lists and we'd even go on like events. You know how, like, um, I don't know what you guys do over there, but here we have like a paper roll. Now it's like all like on the computer and stuff, but like the roll book, I stole I stole it. We stole it. And like, cause <laughs> mom was a school teacher. We was like, mom, like bring us home stamps and books and all these things. 
And it was always something that when we went to like high school, it was something I never thought I would want to do. I'm yeah. like, I do not want to be a teacher. I'm like, there's no way going back to school. And then as sort of like our hearts for like ministry and then for ministering to like particularly high school kids, um, but now we're studying like primary school teaching. Everyone always said to us, like, you girls are, like, made to teach. Like, you're made to teach. I'm like, no way. Like, maybe to teach but not in a classroom. And then it was like what you were saying. It's just the thing that was, like, constantly, like, tugging in our hearts. That's what I love about God, too. And I think that with your experience of, like, having all those challenges along the way, like, from the enemy trying to pull you away from it, it's like, well, that's just more proof that that is exactly where God wants you and it's exactly what he wants you to be doing, which I love so much. So I wanted to ask you this as well, because I'm asking you this just to help me, you know, honesty, but also it is going to encourage a lot of people. What do you think, like, so your career is like obviously teaching. It's like, how does teaching um, and doing like, I guess, career, you know, doing just work, how does that minister to your heart and to your faith and then how you view the world? Yes. Um, Well, I feel like it's just a beautiful thing because First, just touching on um, what you said, how it's so, I mean, ministry, that's the word that caught my um, attention when you were saying that a moment ago. Um, it's definitely an, a ministry in every job that you ever, or any job that anybody takes is a ministry, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, mm-hmm. Because sometimes we view it as we need this mission field or we need to go here or we need to go there, um, you know, but anywhere you are at, whatever job it is, whether it's teaching or whatever it may be, can be a ministry, can be your mission field. And so I had to realize that first. And when I realized that, um, then I realized, you know, just how much I can get out of it and how much I can pour into others through this. Um, mm-hmm. I think to answer your question would be, you know, I get to see the, you know, life through a child's eye, I guess, again. Um, and it's so beautiful because it's almost like a picture of Jesus with us, you know, um, yeah. by being a teacher, I get to pour into these kids and I get to believe in them where maybe no one's ever believed in them in their lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get to tell them that, hey, you can do this and you are capable. And, you know, I don't know what has happened in the past or years in the past, but like, I believe in you right now. And you get to start seeing that glimmer in their eyes and they start to believe mm. in themselves and they start to try harder and they start to participate in class. Um, and I just view that as, you know, the way I feel when I see kids do that, I get so excited and so happy. I feel like that's exactly how God is with us. You know, mm. God he wants us to see that we are capable. He wants to tell us that he believes in us. He wants to tell us that we are worthy and that we can do these things. And I just imagine him up in heaven, just smiling down when he sees that we actually get it. And we're like, wait, I can do this. You know, he gets so excited. And that's how I feel like as a teacher, but it's so cool that God can use children to show you that because, you know, they always say childlike faith. Um, And you can learn so much through children if you just are around them enough. And so I feel like that's kind of how it's ministered to my heart because it just opens my eyes to the beauty of really what God does for us. Mm, I love that. Are you able, because are you teaching in a Christian school? I'm not actually. Oh, yeah, um, But I'm fortunate that we, we do. I mean, it's not like you cannot speak about the Lord. I mean, I definitely slip it in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Wow. I just wanted to know that. Cause I know that like for my mom, she's a school teacher, like she's at a, a public school and you're not allowed to sort of like mention of your faith, but she again has all those crazy revelations of like, this is how God sees us. Like, I love these kids. I love getting to speak into their lives and inspire the next generation. So I guess like my next question is like, why do you, why do you love being able to be that influence for those kids? Like, why do you love being able to inspire the next generation? Yes. Um, I just think it's so important because like I said earlier, I mean, this, this is a crucial time in their lives. And so they're trying to figure out who they are as individuals. Um, and that's hard, especially when you're surrounded with the world that we're in today, it is so hard to figure out who you are. It's so hard to 
make friends and to um, be you and yourself and not try to be who everybody else wants you to be. And so I feel like um, it's just so important to be able to pour into these kids and tell them it's okay to be different. It's okay to stand out. It's okay to not do what everybody yeah. else is doing. That doesn't make you weird. That doesn't make you less than. Um, it actually, you know, it makes you stand out and people will start to wonder, hey, what's different about you? Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's such an opportunity. Um, but if there's not people to tell them that, then they are going to get swept away in the world and they are going mm-hmm. to get swept away in what social media and TikTok and Instagram mm-hmm. is telling them to do. So it's just so important to have someone willing to be a voice. And it's not me, you know, obviously it's the Lord doing this through me, but um, it's such an opportunity. And I'm so thankful that I have it because I know how much I needed it. I love that. Hey everyone, we hope that you are loving this episode. If you are and want to read more, make sure to head to lovelikethis.info. Enjoy the rest of this incredible conversation. Elise, if there's someone listening to this who's like, okay, like we know what we want to do, like you're a school teacher, like you, you know, you feel like you're doing your purpose, you are doing your purpose, you're fulfilling your God-given purpose. What do you, what would you say to someone who maybe is just like, I have no idea, like what my purpose is, where do, where do I start? Oh yes, that's such a good question, and I feel like we've all probably been there in our lives before. Um, but it's just so important to know your purpose um, comes from the Lord and not from what anyone else says. Um, not what anyone else thinks is the popular thing to do. Um, in order to do that, you have to be diving into the word and you have to know who Jesus is first to know who you are and to know your purpose. Um, you know, there was someone that said to me once, um, you can't trust somebody that you don't know. And so if you're trying to find your purpose, um, but you don't know the Lord, how could you trust him enough to say, God, what is my purpose? You wouldn't ask him that because you don't trust him. You don't have that relationship. But once you start to have the relationship with the Lord, then you can start to trust what he says about you. And you can go into the word of God and you can say, oh, you know what? He says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So maybe I am. And, you know, he says that um, he died for my sins on the cross. So that must mean that I'm pretty important. Um, And so you start to realize, hey, I do have purpose in this world. And that is to shine the light of Jesus. Um, And then from there, once you know your purpose, I feel like that's when your passion appears. Um, a lot of people might say, you know, my passion gives me purpose in life, but I think it's the complete opposite. I think that your purpose is what will reveal your passion. Um, Mm. because once you know your purpose, then you start to do things according to that purpose, according to what God has given you, the gifts he's given you, instead of trying to make your passions be what's fitting the mold or what's fitting what the world says. Um, so I think it's just so important to know the difference first, pray about it, ask God to reveal your purpose, um, pray to ask God to reveal what makes you feel closest to him. And then once you realize that, then everything else will start to fall into place. You will have a passion because you love it and you can do it for the Lord. It won't be for anyone else. Mm, That's so good, Elise. I never really saw it like that to be like praying, like what what is the thing that makes me like feel closest to you? Yeah, I forget to, like you can pray for stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And it takes, (laughs) I feel like it definitely takes some time to like do the hard work and to sit aside and be like, okay, like what actually is, my God-given purpose. And it's not necessarily revealed to you in some like huge vision. I read this morning Mm -hmm. in my devotional, it was saying how God's biggest, uh, what was it? Oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher it again. It was something like sometimes God's biggest works are in the smallest of moments. So it's like just taking that time to just really pray and ask God, like, God, what is my purpose? And I always get excited when I think about those little moments where God's revealed it to me along the way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I actually do feel closest to him when I am doing that. So I love that. It's so beautiful. So at least something that 
you and I spoke about on when I went for a walk and I called you <laughs> was um, the, I feel like something that I really like um, saw in you. And I think it's something that you're, I guess like nobody's perfect at doing it, but I do think that it is something that you're really good at. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're really good at being you, like you're great at being yourself. And so I guess in a world where like you touched on it before, like these kids and even like our, our age kids are like scrolling on TikTok, scrolling on social media, it can be a very, um, I guess like confining, like consuming culture where we have to change who we are in order to just be liked by other people or we think that we don't have a unique purpose or we don't have a unique calling. It's just we have to do what everybody else is doing because it's the cool thing to do. So I guess Mm -hmm. um, in the position that you have and like, you know, with what everything you've been through in your life and everything, why do you think it's important for you to be you and how are you, like how are you doing that? Why do you think it's so important? Yes. Um, Well, I think first off, you know, it's so important to be you because um, if you're not, then you're going to just blend into the rest of the world. And God doesn't tell us to just blend in with the rest of the world. God tells us to be different, to stand out. He tells us to be the light. You know, he wants us to be different. Um, And so, I mean, in order to be yourself and to be you, you have to once again, be confident in who God says you are. Um, And that just goes back to speaking truth over the lies, because something that I've learned in my own life is that the enemy and the, the devil is real, you know. He is real and he knows exactly how to sneak into your life. He knows how to sneak into your mind and hit you where it hurts or hit you where your weak points are. And if you don't know the word of God and who God says you are, then it's going to hit you hard and you are going to be knocked down. Um, And I had to learn that, you know what? I can't worry about what other people think about me because I did for so long. I mean, it was something that I really struggled with was people pleasing and was getting the approval of others. Um, but I finally hit rock bottom where I realized nothing anyone ever says to me is going to satisfy or fill this void, you know, and I can't live this way. I cannot always be anxious and always be worried about what other people are saying to me. And so I hit this point where I realized, you know what, God, I have to know what you say about me and I have to believe it. I can't just know it, but I have to choose to believe it's a choice that I have to make. And it's a choice that I have to pray every single day. Um, and so when I finally surrendered that and said, God, I'm not enough. It's not about me. It's all about you, Jesus. Um, I want everything to be about you and nothing to give me glory. That's when I started to see breakthrough. That's when I started to see that God was like, okay, that's all I wanted you to do was just acknowledge that this isn't about you. You know, it doesn't matter what other people say, even my own husband. I mean, Luke could come home every single day and tell me all the things in the world, but it's never going to satisfy me like Jesus is. And so I had to get to that point where I realized, God, you have to be above everything. You have to be above how many likes I get. You have to be above how many followers I have. You have to be above what my friends think about me. And you know what? If they talk behind my back, I can't control that. That's okay. Um, And I had to get to the point where I had to be like, even my own husband, I cannot let his words feed into me more than what Jesus is saying, because any of those things will distract me from the truth. And I still, I'm not perfect at it, but I've just learned that God made me for a purpose and he made me with a plan. And if I'm too busy being caught up and being like everyone else, then that will never um, be seen. Then yeah. I will never be able to um, use that, that plan that God has given in my life. So it's a work in progress, but it's definitely something that I just have to speak truth over lies, combat the enemy. Don't let him in my thoughts. Anytime he enters my thought have a Bible verse to combat that and go yeah. against it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I Because it's so funny that you say um, the part like stuck out to me when you're talking about like Jesus has to be over everything, over like the likes, the followers, you know, everything. I think because I was having a talk with a friend the other day and we were reading like the Bible together and I was like, you know what? I was like, something really stands out to me. I was like, I really feel like in this season, God is saying like, 
I want to be a part and I want to be in the midst of every moment of your life, but you just have to choose to look at me and include me in it. Cause he's like, I have so much to, you know, so much to offer you. And I think sometimes I have the perspective of like, God, you're doing such amazing things in my life, but I'm not including him in my everyday kind of like mundane moments. And it, I hate that. It crushed me when I had that revelation. I'm like, oh my gosh, because in all honesty, it's like, I know what happens when I allow God to come. Like I know what happens. Some things shift in my everyday where it's like everything just becomes all the more beautiful and all the more rich and Bob, you know, it says in the Bible, like he can do far more exceedingly abundantly above, you know, anything we could ask, imagine or think. And it's so true because when he does that, I'm like, today was a really good day and this and this happened and God got glory here. And I'm like, I know why it's because I gave it to him. Like I really, really gave it to him. And I think it takes a, you know, it does take a lot of time, but I think that's something that you and I have to get better at doing is surrendering ourselves to God being like, okay, yes, he can be in our moments, but I need you to be all over my identity. Like <laughs> I want my identity to be only about you. So this is a question that we ask all of our guests and we usually tailor it to like the age of the guests. Like if it's someone older, we're like, what would you tell your younger self? But because you're sort of like, you're only 25, so we're going to ask you both ends. So what would you say to your younger self? Um, Man, I feel like it goes along with everything that we're talking about. Um, I feel like I would just tell myself to let your light shine. You know, the verse in John that says, you know, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. Um, I feel like I would just say, let it shine and don't be so caught up in what other people think about you because none of that matters. Um, it's so easy in this world to, you know, determine who you are and your self-worth by, you know, what others think of you. But I had to realize that I'm made to be different. I'm made to stand out. And so I would just tell my younger self to don't get caught up in what everybody else says, what everybody else is doing. It's okay if you're left out because it'll be worth it. Um, but in the end, you'd rather be known for letting your light shine. What can somebody say bad about that? That they said, oh, well, she was joyful and, you know, she lived for the Lord and she didn't go do those things. I mean, that's a great thing to be known for versus, you know, going and doing other things. I mean, if you're going to be known for anything, let it be Jesus. And so I feel like I would just tell myself, be you, let your light shine and just be expectant to see what God can do through that, through your yes, through your willingness. Wow. I feel like actually that's a thought. That's something I would say to my younger self too, because at least like, I don't know if Abby told you, but at the start of our high school journey, like Abby was way more like extroverted than me. And I'm a lot more like softly spoken and quiet. And for, I think it was, yeah, for three and a half years, which is a long time, each and every single day, I'd go up to this one group of girls and I'd just it was so weird, but I was like, I'm determined to sit with them. Like they were so popular. They were so cool. And I was like, once I sit with them, like life is just going to be so good. I want to get invited to all the parties and all the things. This was before I knew Jesus too. So like each and every single day, Hey guys, can I sit with you? No. Like they would say no to me every single day. And then my, it was my mom that was just like, what are you doing? Like, wake up to yourself. And that's kind of what Jesus has spoken to both of us in our lives. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm so much better than anything that this world can offer you. And so I can so relate to that. What would you say to your older self? <laughs> yes. Okay. So I, um, I feel like what I would say to my older self is to um, rely on God's promises and to share the victory or to share the stories. Um, because I know that life is going to come with so many difficult times. I know that there's so much more in life that we don't even know yet. Um, but I do know how powerful it is to share your story. And so I don't know what's to come in the future. I don't know what God has in store for my life. But I do know that whatever it is, it can be beautiful as long as I allow um, it to be um, give God the glory through it. And so I would just tell myself that no matter what you've been through, to share it, share it with the world. Um, we've been reading in my community group in Romans um, and we've also been kind of reading the Old Testament in Genesis. And a story stuck out to me that 
where Abraham and Sarah were trying to conceive a child. And, you know, Abraham is now a hundred years old and Sarah is getting old and it just does not seem possible at all. And, you know, in Genesis, God tells Abraham that you're going to be a father of many nations. So it'd be so easy for him to doubt. Um, but then now we see, obviously, that God did follow through in his promises. Um, and it even says that Abraham's faith was strengthened because of these struggles. Um, and then you fast forward into Romans and you see that this story is still being used. Paul used that to talk to the Jews and the Gentiles at that time. He used it to relate with them. And then now here we are in 2021 and we're still looking at this story, seeing God's faithfulness when it seemed impossible. And so when I see that and I see how much God uses stories, I mean, the Bible is nothing but stories. Um, I think I would just tell myself to use the stories that God gives you. Do not let them go to waste. Um, do not be ashamed of them, no matter where it takes you, even if there's moments of weaknesses. Share what God has done for you because it's going to be powerful. Somebody's going to need to hear it and God deserves the glory. Well, friends, we hope you love this episode with our good friend, Elise. By working in a classroom, Elise is constantly reminded of our childlike faith and how God sees all of us. She reminded us that sometimes we question our path, but God is always right there leading us to our purpose and passion. Always remember, your purpose is when you are doing something that makes you feel closest to God. Make sure to check out these episode show notes at alovelikethis.info. Catch you guys next Saturday.